Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. In our never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways that will challenge the way you think about faith and work, today we go practical, tactical, factual, and biblical as we talk with Bob Swatland, Area Director for Crown Financial Ministries. Our title for today's show, A Fool and His Money Are Soon Parted. Not biblical, but British, so they both start with a B. But really, when you look at it, based on Proverbs thirteen sixteen, and everything the prudent the prudent acts with knowledge, but the fool flaunts his folly. And in Proverbs seventeen six, he says, "Why should fools have money in hand to buy wisdom when they are unable to understand it?" And as I say here often in Florida, even duct tape can't fix stupid. So, Bob Swatland, area director with Crown Financial Ministries, welcome back to the I Work For Him show. Jim, thank you so much. Thank you. You know, I was concerned there for a moment. I didn't think you were going to go on the air. Oh, whatever. (laughs) I wanted to play some crickets. I like that. That's right. You know, Bob's a longtime radio guy. Bob has, uh, he's got the perfect voice for radio. He should be doing radio each and every day. But instead, he promotes radio each and every day, and he promotes Crown Financial Ministries. So we're grateful to have you on the show today. You've got a heart and a passion for the Lord as he laid it on to you later on in life. And we wanted to really share with people what you're doing in ministry and what Crown Financial Ministry is all about. And really, we want to talk about how a fool and his money are soon parted. Well, you know, I, well, there are many opportunities for that in the world, okay? Uh, 
the fool and his money being parted. That's what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, and we could both demonstrate probably many personal examples of how uh, we as fools well, have been I parted. My, I raised my hand to that, okay? I'm, I'm at the head of the line for that. <laughs> hey, I wanted to uh, first, though, hear how God is working miraculously in your life. As we get started with our conversation, and really we're going to talk today about debt, which impacts our businesses and also impacts our personal lives and can destroy both. But first, how is God doing miraculous things in your life, Bob? Wait a minute. Did, didn't you move down here from Chicago? Uh, yes, I did, as a matter of fact. And uh, 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 thank you for mentioning it. I'm so blessed to be here in Florida. Do you know it was so cold in Chicago this year that the politicians actually had their hands in their own pockets? Wow. How come Ivan does that for you? He never does that for me. Well, that I was impressive. I thought I'd share that. Okay, yes. Uh, yeah, that's uh-huh. pretty good. And if you're not from the Midwest, you don't know. But really, Chicago makes New York City look almost not corrupt. I mean, Chicago's pretty seriously corrupt. It is they probably that compete is for corruption. You know, that D.C., Chicago, New York, really. Anyway. Okay, so how's Christ working miraculously in your life, Bob? You know what? Uh, both personally uh, in business as well. Um, I've told you the experience that I had uh, with my eye, okay, my eye, one, one eye that I have. Um, we had to do some operations on it. And the blessing is that I, I'm able to see. And, and I know that sounds, we take a lot of these things for granted. I think we should maybe be more thankful for those things that we have, truly, okay? He allows us income. He allows us a job somewhere. He allows us to save for the future. I mean, uh, th- those are some of the ways he's impacting my life, okay? Yeah, you, you told me you've been blind twice, and now you see. You know, and that's absolutely true. Absolutely true. You know that I came to the Lord later in life, okay? Um, I won't tell you the the dates and the age or anything, but something like older than dirt, okay? But anyway, well, yeah, it could be. <laughs> um, I don't know how long. How many years does it take to make dirt? I, you, you start know, with compost. Well, compost takes a couple, two, three years, but dirt, you know, is a little longer. There's another way, and it was done this way, okay? Yeah. It was spoken, and dirt it came. So. Um, I, he blesses, okay? He blesses. We need to be mindful of that, okay? And thinking of him all the time. All right, so here's what I want to get into this conversation today about debt. And I want to welcome my call or my listeners to call in today. If you've got questions about debt, give us a few minutes to start to set this up. But, you know, Dave Ramsey's always talking on his shows for three hours a day about helping people make good decisions to get out of debt. And, and Bob and I are going to talk. We're just going to kind of do a pop quiz as we talk through issues that people face. But really, we're doing this on the I Work For Him show because Crown Financial Ministries, which has been around for now 30, 40 years. Almost, almost. 40 years, yes. Yeah, and, and it was because... Because Martha and I went through a Crown Financial Bible study that our lives, our married lives, were revolutionized. I mean, we were up to our eyeballs in debt. In fact, we did a video, and it's on YouTube. In fact, Ivan, would you play that video? I'm Stanley Johnson. I've got a great family. I've got a four-bedroom house and a great community. Like my car? It's new. I even belong to the local golf club. How do I do it? I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. I can barely pay my finance charges. Somebody help me. <laughs> that we changed my name on that, but that was that described Martha and I minus the golf club thing, but it what's amazing is how God grabbed us in that Crown Financial Bible study and we, our lives have never been the same. And and today we are debt-free and able to do the ministry of the radio 
which is what an incredible blessing. And it, and it was a challenge not just to get out of debt, but to really recognize God's purposes for our finances. And the Bible has so many verses. Bob's just waiting to say something, but you know, Bob's my show, so just wait a minute. The Bible has so much to say, and it was such a blessing. So I'm glad you know we met 12 years ago already. What a blessing it is to have you on the show to talk today about that. Why, thank you so much. Proverbs 22.9 says, says, Just as the rich rule the poor... The borrower is servant to the lender. And boy, that's that's absolutely true. Um, uh, try not paying your mortgage payment sometimes. See if those friendly guys who lend, who lent money to you, see if they are just as friendly now when you can't make the payment. Yeah, no, that's for sure. And as Stanley Johnson said, I'm up to, up to, up, up to my eyeballs in debt. Yeah. And really, what it is, most of us get into debt trouble because we're trying to keep up with the Joneses. And why the Joneses have more stuff? Here's the, here's the secret about the Joneses. Remember when we learned about the Joneses in Crown Financial Ministries? Yes. They're in debt up to their eyeballs. And you're trying to keep up with people who are in total debt, and so you both drive each other and the entire economy into the hole, which is what happened in 2008. Debt drove that crisis. I I met a couple who moved out of a fairly affluent neighborhood to a smaller neighborhood, and I asked why, and they said, we want to be the Joneses. We want to be the Joneses. We want to set the standard, okay? Nice. We Don't we borrow things, uh, borrow money to buy things to impress people that we don't know? Uh, it, it, we do that. There's a world. There's a world. There's world sense. It's called common sense, and there's a, a revelation sense. It's called the biblical sense. Two different things. They're diametrically opposed. All right. So let's get into some of that. If you want to call in with a question uh, for Bob today or for me, you can just call on the studio line eight five five two six five twenty nine twenty nine eight fifty five two sixty five twenty nine twenty nine. Or if you want to text us during the show with a question seven two seven four eight seven ninety eight sixty three seven two seven four eight seven nine eight six three. All right, Bob. I got a quiz. For you, here okay. I'm going to do. I'm going to do. It's a pop quiz, but there's nothing about soda on here at all, which I, I think is disappointing. But that's so. These are true or false questions. All right. Well, I'm ready. Are you? Wealth tends to unite people. Oh, of course, of course, that's false. Of course, it's <laughs> false, and, and everybody knows that if they've ever tried to settle an estate, wealth doesn't unite people. Oh my gracious! It's terrible. You know, those plans for passing, they really should be taken care of while folks are able to speak in our ambulatory, okay? It's a good time to take care of things when you're still alive. Because once you're dead, all you do is screw up people's lives if you gave them money. you got (laughs) to plan it out. Worst thing you can do for your kids is let let the state give them money at 18. You gotta plan that stuff. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. All right. So, next question. So, you got that one right, Bob. Way to go. Thank you. Thank you. Wealth can make you think you don't need God. Uh, you know, I, true. I think that's true. I think. Did you ever? Was your? Did your life ever live that way? Or did you ever live your life that I way? I really didn't have the opportunity to experience. That. Oh, you never did. Yeah, <laughs> I share that. Yeah, you absolutely could share that. All right. So, so it's true. Wealth can make you think you don't need God. There's. I, me, I, I did this. Why do I, why do I need God? Uh, um, I, I don't. And, uh, because I have the wealth to show, and the world says, hey, you're a success. All right. So, so what, do you need, what do you need God for if you got everything you want? Exactly. Yeah, that's the biggest lie ever, because that stuff disappears in a second. Especially it, if you had a lot of real estate right before you got to 2008. Even Madonna, the material gal, said, it's not all it's cut up to be. Okay. Mm. Oh, Rockefeller, another dollar, another dollar. 
Yeah, how much does how much is just enough? How much just, is enough? Just a little, little bit more. more. Just a little bit more. Why else would Bill Gates be working? I mean, seriously. <laughs> okay, uh, so so far you're two for two. Riches can create humility. Well, I think that's similar to the wealth can make you think you don't need God. Uh, I don't think riches create humility. I truly don't. I mean, I, I think riches can humiliate you. Uh, um, because people get stupid. When they get rich, they get oh, stupid oh. with their money. Do you want to ask any of the, the, the those lotto winners who have... Oh, oh, what's that statistic? It's like 95% of lottery winners go bankrupt. Within a short period of time. Yeah. Some of them are shot by family members. I don't, I'm sorry to tell you about that. <laughs> Wait, well, that happened here. What was that guy's name? Like Isaiah or Israel or something like oh, that? Oh, yes. Yeah, his girlfriend shot him and buried the money. I mean, it was just unbelievable. All right, so riches can create humility. They, in, oh, I don't know. I, I don't think, know. I, I think I could go true or false because I've seen people get humiliated because of how mishandling riches. I don't think it's saying that though. I think oh, it's okay. saying for the so false. We're going with false then. Okay, godly. Oh, this is wow. You threw one in here. This is pretty good. Well, godly people always prosper. You know, I think that non-believers believe that, but uh, there is a different story. I don't think godly people always prosper. So you're saying that's false? Uh, yes, false. Wait, but there's all uh, kinds of pastors uh, and preachers out there that say... No, uh, uh, contraire. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't think godly people always prosper. Well, let's see. Job. Oh, yeah, he lost everything. Oh. Paul. Oh, yeah, he lost everything. Yeah. So you're right. Now, you know what? You talked about Job. Job's my friend because Job 42.10 says, The Lord restored his losses when Job prayed for his friends. Our job is that of intercessory prayer. And I didn't mean to run off on that, but you well, mentioned That's okay. Job. I was wrong. It wasn't Israel. It was Abraham Shakespeare was the one shot in Tampa for lottery winnings. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, knew there, I, knew it was, I knew it was a biblical name. I couldn't remember. Thanks, Ivan. Okay. So God, godly people always prosper. False. False. That's so false. So if, yes. if a TV preacher says, hey, send in money and God will bless you for sending that money in and he'll multiply it. That's not biblical. I think we should go to another preacher if we hear that. Yes, find a preacher where you know where that money's going. And look at the ministry. If the ministry has overhead over 5% of where that money's going, I mean, a lot of people say, give us money, we're going to pass it on. Those ministries, look to see what their overhead is. There was that one, that Navy Vets uh, ministry, where oh. they were raising money. Huh. It was like 95% overhead, 5% with the Navy Vets. I mean, come on, look where you're giving oh, that money. That okay. $24 million, The like wicked, that. The wicked never prosper. Well, I'm sorry. I mean, godly people always prosper. That's false. The wicked never prosper. Never prosper. That's false. It, it is false. It seems as though the wicked prosper more. Right. Look at Washington, D.C. The whole bunch of them should be thrown out on their Keisterheimers. I mean, come on. They're, and they're, <laughs> seriously, they, they go there, they get corrupted, and he couldn't get much more wicked than the majority of the people we send up there. Fred, or they get corrupted and become wicked when they're there. Fred Thompson, who was a senator and also a, a, a performer on television. Yes, he was. When he left, he played the president. When he left Washington, D.C., he said, I'm going back to Hollywood where the uh, where they have integrity and honesty. <laughs> so that was a, a comparison. That's a sad deal. Okay, possessions are a responsibility. Ooh. Ooh. Quickly. Ooh. Quickly. We're running oh, out of time. Yes. True. True. They True. Are. They are a responsibility. Yeah. And as Christ followers, we should be taking good care of our possessions because how we take care of our possessions is really an example of how we give glory to God. All right. I work to serve Christ. True or false? Um, I, I'm not... Uh, Yes, but the possessions are not ours. You said our possessions. Who owns all that? God, God owns, owns it. Yeah, exactly. he, le he lets us have That's some. That's why the responsibility. 
Yes. We got to take stewardship. Care of, yes. Oh, very good word. Stewardship. Yeah, and God, well, we're going to talk about tithing later, aren't we? Oh, yes, we are. Okay, all right. I work to serve Christ. That was true or false? That's true. All right, and we talk about that's Colossians 3.23. Everything you do, do your work heartily as to the Lord, for it is the Lord Christ whom you serve. Okay, I give because I love God. You know, I was thinking about this one, okay? I I think I would change that a little bit. I I think that that statement is not exactly true. I give because the Lord suggested that I do that. I want to be obedient to him. And because I want to be obedient to him and I love him, I will do what he says for me to do. Oh, if you put it that way, yes. Okay, so that's true. All right, listen. All right, today we're talking about how a fool and his money are soon parted. Of course, that's in honor of April Fool's Day. And it seems like there's a fool born every day when it comes to how people handle their money. I mean, I just heard a story just the other day of somebody whose child is just getting ready to move out of the house and they found a great apartment to move into and it was only $1,200 a month. And they had a car payment. And they make $30,000 a year. So put that together. Let's see. You can't do that. And eat. You can't. It's not even possible. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who seeks counsel. So we're bringing right. another, another element you, Can in you there. sing that for us, so the Crown Financial way? <laughs> <laughs> I could. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, back, back in the 90s and the 80s, they had songs going with Bible verses that you were supposed to memorize with Crown Financial it. Ministries, and that was put to music. And that's how you help memorize. I got all those verses memorized by the songs in my head. All right, so if you have a question for Bob or me about debt and how you can get out of debt, what the Bible has to say about debt, or you just want to ask questions about Crown Financial Ministries, call into the studio line, 855-265-2929. 855-265-2929. All right, it's time for our book highlight segment. And today we got two books we're going to highlight. Brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Karis Christian Books and Gifts have been part of the Largo community for 30 years, founded with a desire to get Bibles into the hands of the new believer. The ministry continues now stronger than ever. Located in the center of First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks on Ulmerton Road in Largo, their 2,400 square foot stores open to the public seven days a week. Check them out online at shopcaris.com. That's shop, C-H-A-R-I-S.com. Karis Christian Books and Gifts, shop local and spread the word. Be the first two people to call into the studio line today. We've got two books to give away. Bob's brought in two books. One of the books today is Free and Clear, God's Roadmap to Debt-Free Living by Howard Dayton. Bob. Yes. Yeah. Just tell me about it. I'm not going to give it to you. You should be able to tell me. You said you read it. Just tell me all about it. Oh, debt-free living, okay? That's really the key to it. What do you, what, what do, you do? How, how do you do that? These are the tips. These are the scriptural references. This, you just need this to figure out how to get out of debt. If you ever it's, want to know how Dave Ramsey became so successful, he oh, took all the Crown Financial Ministry stuff and just is a better marketer. I mean, Dave Ramsey's an amazing marketer. And so all these free and debt-free and clear things, really, they're out of Crown Financial Ministries. And, and, and really what Dave says, there's a lot of scripture to back up what Dave says each and every day. A- absolutely. And it all absolutely. came from Crown Financial Ministries. It's great. Not all of it, but a lot of it did. Okay, so we got free and clear, God's roadmap to debt-free living. So if you've got a debt problem, call into the studio line, get a free book and start working on it with you or your spouse uh 855-265-2929 855-265-2929 okay bob our second book larry burkett the complete financial guide for young couples a lifetime approach to spending saving and investing what's this one all about bob well young couples have a challenge i mean uh young couples are in love uh and, and it's wonderful okay but you know what somewhere along the line reality comes into play there and depending upon how they were brought up and their circumstances their influences they may or may not understand this idea of responsible responsible financial matters okay so this is a great book for them so if you're a young couple be, out there yes have to be a couple yep you 
young, if you're a young couple out there and you want to learn how to really approach a lifetime approach to spending, saving, and investing, we've got the book perfectly set for you. Call into the studio line, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. Operators are standing by. All right, Bob, when we come back from the break, I really want to talk deeper about, well, we're going to dig deeper into the next ones, the next questions. We're going to talk about contentment. Right? You've got a pop quiz on contentment? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not ready for that. Oh, you're not, huh? No, but that was really, that was probably the most powerful thing I ever learned from from Crown Financial Ministries was contentment. Colossians. No, Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Thank you. Yes. I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances that I am. I've learned to get along in humble means. I've learned to get along in prosperity. In any of every circumstance, I've learned a secret of being filled and going hungry, both in abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I really would have liked to have heard you sing that. Um, that one I didn't memorize to song because they cut out the middle part in order to make it shorter to memorize. Uh, and yes. I want to memorize the whole deal. All right, Bob, we said we're going to talk about contentment. But before we did, let's talk about the website. How do people find out more about Crown Financial Ministries? Well, um, they can contact me directly at bswatland at crown.org. Um, they can also dial in to 727-510-7303 or visit crown.org. And, if, and really, that's so that people can call in if they want to, or they can call you, find out how they can get their church to start up with it. And uh, Ivan's got a couple of callers. I'm sure we got a book we can give away, Ivan, so go ahead and get their name and information. Um, so we've got... Uh, so churches can call you about how to start up a Crown Financial Ministries. Individuals can call you to be directed on where Crown uh, Bible studies are being held. All of the above, right? All of the above. All right. you're, you're familiar with Crown. I am. I love Crown Financial Ministries. In fact, if I could be you, I would be you. Well, um, uh, I know be careful a, what you wish for. I know there's a perpetuation plan in, in place, and it's I, I understand. It's one of those one of those things. So, hey, I'd like to also thank Joel from Lutz for calling in uh, for getting the uh, financial guide So for young couples. So that's fantastic. Okay, Bob, you've got a quiz for me about contentment. Yes, I do. Okay, go Are ahead. Are you ready? I, I'm probably not ready. Oh, I see. All right. Do you have true, the answers? True or false? True or false? True uh, or number, false? Yes. Number one, we should compare ourselves to other others. Well... We're talking about in what's like keeping up with the Joneses, kind of comparing. You know, that's one of them. But I mean, just comparing ourselves to others. Maybe it's status in the world. Maybe it's some of the finances. What do you think? Well, I think that I do compare myself to other people when I look at their spiritualized because I want to be oh. like them. But most of the time, what got Martha and I into trouble early on in our marriages was we were trying to keep up with the Joneses and compared ourselves to them. Well, I'm bigger. Doing some of the same cars. things they were doing. Yes, only, maybe yes. not correctly either. Huh? That's right. Oh, all right. So that's a uh, that's a. False. That's false. Okay. False. Well, well certainly when it comes to money and possessions. All right. Uh, next one. P- p- uh, to be content, we should pray about spending decisions. Oh, boy. Spending decisions. Now, what are they? Uh, anytime you're going to spend money, you should pray about it. What, do you think it's a spiritual decision? Well, you know, if I'm going to go out and buy a Milky Way, no. Probably not. But if I'm going to go out and buy a mattress, yes. Okay. If I'm going to go out and buy a whole bunch of new clothes, yes. Maybe a car. If I'm definitely going to buy a car... All right, so so yes, about you should pray spending about spending, this, and not just Bob. You shouldn't just pray about making spending the money. You should pray with your wife about spending that money. Ooh, ooh, ooh! If you're married, you should be praying absolutely. together. Absolutely, and, and here's Every why. Day. Here's here's the best answer. You're at a used car dealership because I sold used cars for everyone. Say, hey, here's the deal today. But this deal's only good till sunset today. You've got <gasps> to make the decision right now. What should you say? Run! You should run away. That's what you should do. You should say, no, thank you. 
I don't make decisions on the spot. My wife and I are going to go home and pray about this, and if we feel like it's a good decision, we'll be back tomorrow. Well, well but the was, deal won't be the same tomorrow. That was a formal way. That was a formal way, right? It's run. You just get out of there. Yeah, it's it's better just to be polite, because if you're supposed to be an example. But, but don't make those... If you're being forced to make an on-the-spot decision, the answer should always be no. Let's see, timeshare. Has anyone ever gone to a timeshare uh, of a seminar? Or Raise little... your hand out there. One okay. hand only. If... Oh, how many of you? All have... the hands are up. How many of you bought a timeshare that you wish you didn't buy? Got to make that decision today. Yeah, that's right. That deal's no good tomorrow. All right. Now, another. How about living more simply? What do you think about to that? Be to be content, we should live more simply. What do you think? I think it's a great idea. Wow. The less stuff you have, the less it occupies your brain. <laughs> So, yes, living more simply. But for some people, they don't, even know, know, they don't even know what simply means. What does it mean, Bob, to live simply? Well, you know what? I think mean, uh, simply means uh, um, maybe without stuff, okay? You mentioned brain stuff. Well, how about stuff in your closet, in your garage, so on and so forth? We, uh, we have an industry in the United States called storage, okay? People buy <laughs> things, and they put, they put it in storage. It's an amazing thing here in Florida. People have, like, three-bedroom, two-bath houses with a two-car garage, and their garages never have cars in them. <laughs> because they're full of crap that they never, ever use. They can't find, but it's full. And then when they run out of storage in the garage, what do they do? They pay for storage. They rent a storage else. unit. What's in the storage unit? I have no idea. that We've been paying on that thing for 20 years. Get rid of the garbage because it's just occupying your mind. And Simply. Uh, live more simply. Yes, that is All correct. Right. Maybe I want to sim- see what simply lives the, is like. I've got friends I can introduce them to. No. To be content, we should maybe watch more TV. What Absolutely. Do you think about the best decision ever is to not watch as much TV. But why is that, Bob? Here, here's, let me just challenge that. Here, instead of watching more TV, what you should do is get Netflix, get rid of cable. Well, there are a number of choices to it. Okay, the majority but, of shows on TV are not worthwhile seeing. I don't know how to say this, okay? Yeah, but on Netflix, you get the last 20 years of shows, 30, 40, 50 years of shows, so you get to choose. There is actually some good stuff out there occasionally. Oh, absolutely. I, I would love to see all of Liberace, uh, not Liberace's, uh, uh, Victor Borg, okay? I'd love to see his comedy, is wonderful comedy. No curse words, no off-color stuff. Victor Borg. Victor Borger, he played the piano. Oh, I guess he was before your time. Oh, my word. Yeah, I was know. Was that, that black and white? Uh, 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 at the beginning, it was, yes. Was that was, was that with the, you know subtitles because they didn't have sound attached no, to it? No, <laughs> uh, we had passed that point. All right, in but time. Martha and I have found that there's a whole lot less pressure on us to spend by not watching TV because you don't we don't see commercials. Absolutely. We find now when we see commercials, we're like, well, that's really annoying. Well, you know what? I mean, the commercials make you feel that you're inadequate, you're not part of the group, you're not social, but you have to have the latest cell phone in order to be part of the group, okay? I'm not sure about that. Hey, thanks to longtime listener Larry Fitz for calling in, and we'll send out that book to you. And make sure, Larry, if you're reading it for you, that's great. Otherwise, if you're getting it to give away, make sure you pass it on. So watching more TV? No. False. All right. How about this one? To be content, we should earn lots of money. Well... It really, being content is a condition of the heart, Bob. I don't know that earning lots of money causes you to be content or discontent. It's what you do with the money that you earn. Well, I think that's true. But you know what? If your objective is to earn more money... Well, it doesn't say, to be content, our objective should be to earn lots of money. Because if you earn lots of money and you give away lots of money, that can build contentment. Well, I don't think... Like, like there's there's a local general contractor. Actually, he's a crane contractor in Orlando, whose testimony is when he took over the business from his dad, he set his salary. And he now, his business makes billions of dollars a year, and he's kept the same salary... 
and he's giving away millions of dollars a year. So his objective was to glorify God by capping his salary and then giving away millions. So I don't I know. You can the, do some good qual- I guess the qualifier on There's that, no it qualifier, qualifier in your question, Bob. There's no qualifier. All right. So earn Tip- lots of money? <clears throat> to be content, no. Typically, earning lots of money drives discontentment. That's correct. Typically, okay. Right. I mean, I know, I know a roofing contractor here that every 10th job he does is free. That's the great example, okay? I'd like to meet that roofing contractor. I see. 10. Okay, well, for some, uh, never mind. All right. To be content, we should conform to the world. Well, let's see. That's what I open up the show with every day, Romans 12, too, to have God give you a new perspective. Because being conformed uh, to the world, well, you know, what does it say? Well, it says everything that's the it opposite says, of the Bible. don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. That's in the Scripture. So if you're saying conform to the world... That would be in direct conflict with Romans 12, too. But yeah. let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Uh, so I'm mm. thinking false. I think that's a definite, definite false, okay, without any All right, I think we should move on. I think we should move on to these interview questions that you've got in no particular order. I don't know what the, those four letters are, but, you know, what, what are the interview questions for? The, the, what are the, do you know what that stands for? Oh, <laughs> okay, we don't want to talk about that. Okay, so here's some questions. Let's just we're going to answer these for you, the listeners today. And yes, we've given away both books. Thank you so much for calling and thanks for listening. And each and every day we give away stuff, and we're just trying to enrich you. Read these books, and remember, don't wait for the movie. We've, I didn't get to play the music today, did I? Sorry, I talked too long. All right, uh, this is a caller called into a radio show, not ours, and said, "I want to tithe, but my husband, my husband doesn't want to. What should I do?" Well, that's a little bit of a difficult situation. And you know what? Uh, um, uh, perhaps the suggestions about uh, biblical tithing, it is there. And maybe, dear, we should, uh, maybe we could maybe try it for a couple months to see if that, if, if we are more peaceful, more content. You know what? Um, but if, I, if the woman's a Christ follower and her husband's not, and she wants to tithe and he does not, She's in a tough spot. Yes, she she needs to honor her husband because that's what it, that's what Paul says. Listen, by your behavior, you will win him over to Christ. That is correct. So by being yes. disrespectful and saying, I'm going to tithe regardless of what you say, that won't work. Well, I didn't suggest that. I just suggest that we we, we talk about this and, and maybe we try this. It's a gentle approach. It's not a so command. You're, so what you, your words for her to her husband would be? Oh, uh, uh, honey. Um, let's just try it. If it if it if it works, if we think there's a benefit to that, we'll maintain it. Uh, there's no pressure to do that. Mm. All right. So that's a good suggestion. And, and but I would I would tell you, and I will tell you this. Martha and I have done a tremendous amount of marriage mentoring, almost fifty couples over the last fifteen years, and we always get talking about money. And couples that tell we always ask people when we get to the debt section of the mentoring, and when people say we're in debt, I always ask, Are you tithing? And they go, well, no, we don't have any money to tie this. And until yeah. you start to tithe, you'll never get out of debt. Mm-hmm. And that, so people who have no money, you tell them to start tithing. They're going, how is that possible? I said, that's where your faith comes in. Because God can honor you trusting him with money. It, because God trusts us with all 100. And he says, okay, 100% minus 10%. We want you just to give me back some of that money that you absolutely have to have. And let me show you how 90% can equal 100%. It's Sounds the only math formula, Bob, that, that God has that doesn't add up. <laughs> well, it doesn't. It's not our math, okay? It's new math. Now, I get the question, well, Bob, should I tithe on my gross or my net? 
And I say, well, how do you want to be blessed? Do you want to be blessed on your gross or on your net? Okay. And that's really the answer. Well, you know, I had somebody tell me, this is probably when I took my crown class 16 years ago. They said, well, do you benefit from the gross or do you benefit from the net? Well, we benefit from the gross. The gross is our retirement money that's coming out. The gross is the health insurance that we've got. The gross is the federal taxes and state taxes, right. our Social Security. We benefit from all those. Some of us benefit better than others. Bob has a chance of actually getting Social Security someday. I do not. So so I'm glad to be able to help you out someday, Bob, well, and thanks. actually get I that. I appreciate that. I know very, my very father-in-law, my mother-in-law, my, mo- my mom and dad, every time I go and see them, I always say, I'm just so glad my Social Security dollars are helping you. Well, and, and we are appreciative of that, yes. Yes, well, and especially since the point of Social Security was, they, at that point in time, people, the average age, people died at like 60. And that's why they made the age 65. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway. we, uh, there are a number of challenges in the world. Okay. okay, so the next question. I really like this next question. I've heard about debt consolidation services. What are the pros and cons of consolidating my debt into one debt? Well, some of the pros on that are that you can reduce the, uh, reduce the interest charge. Um, you go to a single payment. Um, but there's some bad sides of that, too, now, okay? Here's what are the they? bad side. Well, unless you make a lifestyle change, all you're going to be doing is consolidating consolidated loans over time. Right. Okay? That's the difference. And that's why, that's why Dave Ramsey doesn't recommend that. That's why Dave Ramsey recommends closing the accounts and negotiating to start paying off the the smallest bill and then doing the debt snowball which right. was a which was a crown financial ministry's principle but but to to start with the smallest bill get that one paid off and roll that payment into the next one roll that payment into the next Absolutely. one and pay them off Absolutely. because when you don't stop getting into debt you'll never get out of debt that is correct and if you make minimum payments you'll be in debt your kids will be in debt for your debt. Here's a minimum payment. If you if you double your minimum payment, okay, you're going to significantly change the amount of interest you will pay. But if you pay the minimum payment, it'll take you 42 years to pay off a balance. Uh, at, yes, you don't want to do that. You do not want to do that. So is debt? I mean, and debt consolidation companies. You got to make sure that you hear uh, that you get some references from people too, because there's some that are. Not as scrupulous as others. But there's a great one in Tampa Bay that's a Christian one, isn't there? Uh, Trinity Debt Management. Yeah, Trinity Debt Management. That's a free commercial for them. We'll send them a bill too, Ivan. Okay, Bob, thank you very much for that. Bob's got a clown nose on. Bob, it's April Fool's Day. Now you're going to talk funny. Okay. All right, we've got three questions we want to ask before we go. I love this. In today's world, how can you avoid debt when you buy a car? Well, we need to buy a car, okay? I guess that's the definition. Um, some people believe they have to buy a car every year and that they should have a car payment until they die, okay? Some people believe that they have to have the newest type car, uh, I meaning current as far as the current year is concerned. I, I, I disagree with that. Um, we need to think about uh, uh, using vehicles longer, okay? Um, uh, uh, we don't need to buy perhaps the Jaguar or high-end car. Well, unless you want to keep repairing them. Well, yes, but also if you want to keep up with the Joneses, too. Remember the Joneses? They did that. Okay. They're up to their eyeballs. In it. They're leasing their cars. They don't own them either. All right, but here's here's what Crown teaches. Here's what Crown teaches. If you got to buy a car, let's just say your car is dead. you got to buy a car. So this time you're going into debt to buy a car. You get a five-year payment. You pay off that car in five years, but you keep the car 
for another five years. And you keep making that payment to yourself every month for the next five years afterwards. Then, when 10 years rolls around, your car's got a couple hundred thousand miles on it, but it's still worth money because I got a minivan today with a couple hundred thousand miles on it, and the wholesale value is still 2500 bucks. It's 10 years, it's 11 years old. Now you've got the money to pay cash for a I, car. I can't tell you how old Howard Dayton's car was, okay? Why can't you? <laughs> well, it, I, I think it was 15 years plus, okay? And you know what? It still ran. Our cars are, are made to continue Today, running. they run forever. I got a Absolutely. Honda I got a Honda Odyssey with 218,000 miles on it. It doesn't even burn oil yet. Our kids have been ridden in our minivan in six years. They've been gone forever. All right, so can you buy, do, do you have to have debt to buy a new car? No. No. But if you have to buy a car and you get debt, after you're done paying the car off, keep the stinking car. Just wash it, clean the carpets, and drive it for another five years and pay yourself that car payment so that five years after that you can pay cash for a car. We got to move on to the next question, Bob. We got to move on to the next question. Go ahead, I'm ready. Okay, so many people say, listen, I got this incredible opportunity to to buy this house or to do this investment, to buy this business. It's so good, I got no choice but to borrow money to take advantage of this opportunity. You know, I want them to talk to all those people in Florida that that wanted to be uh, uh, would be flippers of houses, okay? You know what? Things change. I mean, that's perhaps not the best thing in the world. That's like buying money to sort of gamble. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, that's like saying, I need to have a vacation home so I can go there one time a year. Oh, yeah. It's a great deal, though. Really? Well, of course, I should do that. But you can rent a vacation home for two grand for a week, or you can own one for twenty-four grand a year. Wow! I think you know what? I think I'm going to do the twenty-four grand a year. I think that's a it just makes a lot more sense. Okay. So, so if you're being pressured to make an investment, first of all, if it's if it's a decision you got to make right away, absolutely, the answer is no. no. But if you can wait and you can look through it, sometimes investments are great. But if you don't have any cash in the game, if you don't really have a plan for, if the business can't perpetuate paying that debt off. Don't go into debt. But sometimes you need to have debt to run a business, but your personal uh, uh, financials better be really strong. Absolutely. Without a doubt. All right. Last question. Is it wrong for a Christian to be wealthy? Oh, wow. What a question, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely not. There's nothing wrong with wealth. It's only the desire. It's only the desire to be wealthy. Yes, that scripture is misquoted all the time, that money is the root of all evil. No. No. Money is the root of all sorts of evil. But God gives us money, and he can use us and use it in so many incredible ways in our lives. Don't miss that opportunity. And yes, you can be wealthy. The issue with I have with wealthy people, and wealthy people, listen, everybody listening here today, you're wealthy compared to 95% of the world. I think it's even more than 95%. Okay, but if you're you're listening today, the issue is where do those things have a hold on your heart? If somebody said, "Hey, I, I want the keys to your car. I really need it." Would you give it up? You know, what if it was your couch? Or what if it was the clothes off your back? How attached are you to your things? Because that's what tells you who who your Lord is. Where your treasure is, there. that's where your heart, where your heart is. Okay, will be also. You know what? Um, your treasure, if it's if treasure, can be closer to God than you. If it comes between you and God, if you have a hard time letting go, it's a treasure to you, and it's keeping you from God. All right, Bob, we've come to the end of another I Work for Him show. I'm sorry, but I'm looking for a thousand people to make a commitment to become part of the I Work for Him nation. A thousand people that are looking to make an impact on their workplace by praying for people, serving people, looking for ways to reach out to your coworkers and employees outside of the office, and being the best and brightest example of an employee in your workplace. You should be number one in your workplace. If you're a Christ follower, contact me off my website, iWorkForHim.com. Let me know you want to be part of the I Work for Him nation. You're listening to 
the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.